With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it's a rather sunny Tuesday outside our studio, Quebec and 3rd. Alan Richard in the host chair, Steve on the board. Got a guest who's gawking out the window right now. <laughs> I had to check, I had to, I had to, I had to fact check your uh, sunny day thing. <laughs> well, I see shadows, so I'm assuming there's sun. I, I never see my shadow. Okay. <laughs> uh, we are talking with the groundhog. No, we aren't. We are yeah. talking with Michael Cast. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. It's How been, are you, Alan? It's been yeah, a while. It has. It has. Yeah. Um, and now, the big thing is, you've got a show coming soon. Coming soon. Literally. Literally. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah the, the name of the show. The name of the show actually was going to be Digital Landscapes. Uh, because, That's kind of a boring. Name. Yeah, all the all the all the uh, they weren't landscapes though, uh-huh. right? Um, I was going back through the, some of the posters and some of the promo that I had done earlier in the year around that, and so we just did a sign that said "coming soon," and it uh, irritated Sean Farrell, so I <laughs> so kept, kept the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I changed the name to "coming soon," and in a way, it's fitting because some of the pieces are. I think they could be like a foreshadowing of okay. co- what's whatever's coming soon yes. in now, society. We should make it clear, because Michael mentioned Sean Farrell's name, where is the show happening? In the Feature Gallery at, at Studio 2880. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Because again, if we were still in the old studio, almost everybody would know who Sean Farrell was and everything. But it now that we're in the new studio, some people might be going, Sean Farrell? Am I? Well, yeah. So, is this a show that was sort of originally scheduled to go earlier, and this little thing called COVID got in the way, or no? This was sort of this was mid COVID, and then and then we were looking at getting it going just before the second wave. I don't know yeah. how many waves we the second wave. Yeah. So so that sort of put the kibosh on it. I wasn't ready, anyways. Mm-hmm. I hadn't I hadn't put a lot of time into getting ready for the show so it was good unfortunately Chris, or, uh, summer isn't the best time for an exhibition but no. uh, but I thought you know what let's just do it right so when does it open I'll be there Thursday the 15th wow so two days from now else, yeah. I'll be there from 11 to 5 uh, answering questions uh, on the pieces mm-hmm. uh, short artist talk um, and then upstairs in the Arts North Digital <clears throat> Studio, we will be doing. I'll be doing some uh, examples, showing some examples of new work, mm-hmm. and then the process about the stuff that's on the. Yeah, because you were mentioning you had originally thought about calling digital landscapes, and then you realized, well, they're not all landscapes. Are right. they all still digital? They're all digital. Okay, yeah. so that part yeah. you could have kept. Everything is digital. Yeah. Jeez. So is that something you've really gotten into now? For your art, that's like coming home. Mm. So I started. Jeez, uh, you know, you will know this. You will know this reporter that was at the Free Press, and she used to be with the Minor and Teresa, News in Canada. Teresa Mellon. Yeah, yeah, Teresa yes. Mellon. She interviewed me. I still have the. I still have the clipping. <laughs> believe it or not, laminated, and that was back probably more than fifteen years ago. Wow! And uh, we talked about doing digital artwork. Mm-hmm back then and so i've always i've always been excited about it curious about it experiment Mm -hmm. with it yeah so it's sort of like a 
Yeah, it's coming back to my roots. So with the digital artwork, is that something where have you taken any courses or anything like that in it, or is most of what you've got basically self-taught and maybe looking at textbooks and on the internet? Photography. So I, mm. I have. I right. so my background is is in photography. So that I was it was not self-taught. Mm-hmm. Right. There's an educational component in there. Um, the rest is is just um, yeah self-taught learning what does what uh, about yeah. resolutions and da, 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 da. I'm still learning yeah. I'm still learning and I guess the nice thing with digital is you can take the photo and you can do stuff to it if you don't like it you just say okay don't save let's go back to what I had originally and work from that it's kind of hard to do that with a painting I don't like that let's just erase oh that's not going to work too well well <clears throat> if you <laughs> if if I do it right and I and I keep track of all the steps and I duplicate mm. things and that then I can go back or I have what they have yeah, called cool. now is non-destructive editing. Oh. So you can you can go back so I'll work in 15 or 20 layers and sometimes mm-hmm. more sometimes up to 100 different layers and uh if you ha- if it's not if it's non-destructive editing, I can go back on any single layer and work on it, and, and it would change everything. So non-destructive editing. I wish they'd had that around when I was in newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if Bill happens to be listening. Sorry, Bill, I wasn't talking to you anyway. Nope, no problem. I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> so, what kind of works then is it? Because it's not all landscapes. We've established that. So. Well, when I was framing them or when I was showing them to Lisa Redpath and, and Sean Farrell, mm-hmm. originally, <clears throat> just one day, you know, we I took them out. I got them printed and I'd taken them out of the uh, the cases and I opened them up and I thought, wow, you know, these are kind of dark. So and it was all so these pieces all happened over over COVID from mm. the beginning until actually just recently. So the pieces I'm, I am doing right now in that style are a little more light, a little more airy, mm. but these are, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I was even surprised at, uh, no, it's not just totally dark and, and, no, and, but. and abysmal and, 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 uh, uh, sad and depressing. It's not really all that, but it's, it's interesting to, if you dare, come into my subconscious and check it out right <laughs> thank you but no thank you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> i wouldn't want you there anyway. I would you're not want... on the list <laughs> oh, oh oh i see you got a bouncer at the front door saying no sorry you're not on the list you can't come in yeah it's not consistent <laughs> um, i don't know if there's very many artists whose subconscious i actually want to go into a salvador dolly i would really I, although you know what i'd never get out again but here's the thing i bet you go into all of their subconscious mm. uh Every time you look at some of their work, I oh, think yeah. it's always a trip into an artist's subconscious. Every yeah. time you take a look at their work, uh, all the work tells a story. It could be, it could be. Where does that inspiration come from? It mm. could be come from the moment, it c- and it's probably influenced by how we feel, uh, what's going on in the, in the world events, the current events at the time, and how it impacts us. So when you've taken your photos. Do you already sometimes have an idea in your mind of what you want to do with that photo to turn it into the digital artwork? No, I usually mm-hmm. come up with a con- I usually come up with a concept. So yesterday I was watching I was watching something to do with the Godfather. Oh. 
I think it was the Godfather, and the phone was ringing and ring, and it was an old phone. It was a rotary phone oh. with uh, with the ringer, yeah, like the regular bells, right? Mm. And I thought, oh, you know what? I'd like to do is I'd like to do a piece maybe with because I'm thinking younger people now, mm. what we think was old. Right, mm-hmm. they think is like ancient, man. Yeah. Right, so yeah. so I'm like, I'm like, I would like to maybe do a thing where, what uh, a piece of a piece that says the things that I thought were old. Mm. Okay, right, yeah, which are now artifacts. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. So that's how the process works. Or I'll okay. look at something or hear something or uh, music will inspire me to, mm-hmm. yeah, current events, news. Yeah. Music. I would never have guessed that music would inspire you, Michael. I mean, it's not like you don't have shows on our station. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Carlos Santana, probably my oh. biggest inspiration. If yeah. I feel like I'm, if I feel like I'm getting blocked, or yeah, just yeah. slap him on, uh, slap him on your CD player or whatever. And yeah, when you're working on the computer, do you usually have music playing in the background? It depends. Okay. But most of the time, <clears throat> what I'm finding now is I'm working on a tablet. More. Okay. So with the Photoshop, <clears throat> with the Photoshop uh, stuff, with the big digital stuff, I work mm-hmm. on the computer. But I've no. I've sort of moved over to vector images and illustrator images. Mm-hmm. So illustrations mm-hmm. on the iPad. With uh, and this is not a plug for them by any means. It's just that that's where the apps work. I'd I'd sooner not support them, but <laughs> whatever, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I find that it that's I'm using that, and there'll be some. There will be some examples of of that work. So they, they have an awesome painting program called Adobe Fresco, where the brushes are are as close to real brushes that I've ever seen. Wow. Yeah. So now, with coming soon on Thursday, mm-hmm. you were saying you're going to be giving an artist talk. Is it going to be an artist talk, or is it that even going to be maybe a little bit more of a Q and A? Both. Okay. Yeah. So it'll be both. So we'll do a we'll do a virtual opening. Oh. So we'll do. I have to go record a, mm-hmm. the artist talk for Facebook and right. Instagram and and all the social platforms. Uh, the website, and then we'll, uh, and then I'll do a live, uh, live one there at the. Yeah. Now, will this be the first time you've done an artist talk virtually? Yeah, for me, I've, that's okay. for me. But I've yeah. recorded other artists. Yeah. So I put together videos for other artists that are doing okay. theirs. You know, Wendy Framps, mm-hmm. Betty Kavachik. Yeah. I recognize those names. You recognize those names somehow. I recognize those names as local artists. So then you basically, so then the opening is at 11, you said, on Thursday? 11 to 5. So it's traditionally we used to do them like from 5 to 7 in the evening. Yeah. Um, Since COVID, and that'll probably go back, right, Um, when, when, when people get more and more and more comfortable. So what I'm saying is, is uh, come in. If you want to wear a mask, great. If you don't, great. Maybe a little bit of social distancing. You know, whatever people are comfortable with, if they want to. I think think the virtual openings are going to be a standard part of how things work in the future. I think they will be. Even even for people who are not uncomfortable in crowds with COVID and everything. But just because with a virtual opening, 
I don't have to be at the gallery at a specific time to hear the artist talk. Yeah, I, can just, I can get it whenever I want. That's right. Yeah. Then I can go over later that day and chat with the artist for a while, or I can go over the next day and just look at the pieces and have the artist talk still. And you know, not only that, if you have questions, artists are always open to, if you send them a message on their mm. Facebook page or whatever, say, hey, I saw this piece, man. Yeah. What is it? You know, what I really liked it. What did mm-hmm. you do? How'd, you know, those sorts of things. Although most of us are introverted, we still like to engage, yeah. but like limited. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Over the computer is so much nicer, isn't it? You don't actually have to deal with that person. Uh, 11 I've, to 5. Yeah, 11 yeah. to 5. I'm like, oh, I got to be there. I love I love doing it, I, mm-hmm. you know, it, but as an introvert, it, gets, it, it can be tiring. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. But the nice thing, again, I guess, is because you were saying the Arts North studio, basically, is just right upstairs. Mm-hmm. So you do your artist talk. You do some questions and answers with the people who are there for that. And if there's nobody else around right then and there, you just head up and start working in the studio for a while. Yeah, and I encourage people to come down and uh, mm-hmm. and get some tours, check it mm-hmm. out, right? See what's available for uh, for members of the of the Arts Council. Yeah. So, are you still? Wor- I'm, I'm guessing artists never really quit. You're still working on other stuff then. Yeah, yeah. I've got. Uh, I'm working on, uh, like I said, more illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, Illustrator on the iPad and yeah. yeah. So coming soon. Start something. How long does the show run? Like how long is? Oh, until September first, and then, oh. and then the the artist in resident, Ooh. the resident artist, uh, will have her show. Okay. Yeah. And now I've sort of lost track because again. They weren't doing the interviews that they used to. Um, he's going to his phone, so I suspect... No, Aaron no. Stegg. Okay, Aaron okay. Stegg. I've, I've interviewed yeah. Aaron before. Okay. Yeah, yeah she yeah. has a show September 1st. Okay. What a challenge for her, boy. I tell you, yeah. with having a, a new a new baby and, and the residency and the COVID and the whole the whole deal, right? So I look forward to her. And I've, I've watched Aaron mm-hmm. over the last few years just... Her art has just become fantastic. Yeah, it's just amazing. Okay. Michael Cast, coming soon, coming very soon. Thursday, 11 to 5 at... Studio 2880, the feature gallery. Oh, and come down, check it out. Uh, All the renovations. Oh. Yeah, beautiful place. Okay. Michael, thank you very much. As always, a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you, Alan. Okay, take a break and be back with more after 9. Give your morning a boost with some sounds from above with Songs and Chapel Sunday mornings at 9 on 93.1 CFIS FM. Join me, Corey Walker, as I fill the airwaves with the sounds of heavenly gospel music. I feature a mixture of traditional country, bluegrass, southern, and black gospel, and even a little bit of worship and contemporary Christian music. An inspiring message from the Salvation Army's Heartbeat series is featured in every show. As Songs and Chapel Sunday morning at 9, only here on 93.1 CFIS FM. Young people living with mental illness can apply for up to $2,000 to pursue their educational goals with the Yes To Me Scholarship Program. Developed in part by the BC Schizophrenia Society, Yes To Me helps students with schizophrenia cover funds for accredited programs such as high school equivalency, trade and vocational certifications, and bachelor and graduate degrees. Full details are available through the support link at bcss.org. The Yes To Me Scholarship Program from the BC Schizophrenia Society. Fall semester application deadline is August the 1st.
The Prince George Council of Seniors Meals on Wheels program is in need of volunteer drivers for summer relief. The program is a valuable part of the Council of Seniors' efforts in our community, providing affordable and nutritious hot noon hour meals to elderly, homebound, post-operative, and disabled individuals for over 20 years. It's much more than just food delivery. If you can spare a couple of hours a week to help out, call Nicole at the Council of Seniors, 250-564-5888. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud with local smoke this morning. A 30% chance of showers this afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. A high of 30 with a very high UV index. Tonight, clearing with local smoke. A wind from the northwest at 20 becoming southwest overnight, a low of 11. For Wednesday, mainly sunny with local smoke. Southwest winds continue. A high of 27 with a very high UV index. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. Our back... Looks like we're we're still waiting for our next guest to call in. So, have a couple of minutes here to fill. Had saw some great news over the weekend. I didn't hear anything recently, but the citizen this morning was saying over the weekend in Northern Health, zero COVID nineteen cases reported, and I think they were saying only one person in hospital still. So, very good numbers. Well, it was zero yesterday's number was zero new cases so uh but it said 30 active cases so okay. i think that was uh not necessarily for the full weekend because it was up to 30 which yeah. it was a little bit higher than it was on yeah. friday okay but still we're in good shape and we're in even better shape now because our next guest has phoned in speaking now with fiona mcpherson on the northern health connections good morning fiona Alan, thank you for having me. Not a problem. I think now, first question I had, it's probably the thing a lot of people would probably be wondering about with Northern Health Connections being the bus service that gets patients from the north down to, well, either into Prince George or basically down to hospitals and health centers in the lower mainland. What were the numbers like during the pandemic? Very low. Yeah. We had, they were very low. Um, and that was partly due to doctors taking uh, visits like more yeah. um, virtual and not having to travel and some, you know, we had cut down the eligibility so seniors weren't traveling so all our numbers were very low. Okay, but, but obviously it was still necessary because there were still some people who needed those trips to see other physicians. That's absolutely, yep. Yeah, we were, yeah, exactly. Okay. So now I think it was what just last week I believe was when you sort of went back to a new set of rules if you will with the move to phase 3 of the provincial restart. So what changed? What are the rules right now? So we went back to our original eligibility allowing seniors to come on and um you know like we're allowing we're at full capacity now. We have partitions in the bus um, in between each seat mm. just for preventative measures. And, um, but now we're full. We're fully. Uh, wow. We're back to full service. And is that that's full service then on all of the routes across the north and heading down south and everything too, right? That's exactly it. We uh, we didn't ever um, take away any of our uh, our routes. We. We kept them going through the whole pandemic, and um, it's yeah, we we um, we can we will continue to do that as well. 
Okay. So I think I was looking at the website, I think, yesterday or the day before it gave the rules. And the other thing, which I think has changed a little bit, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is you now have to give like 24 hours sort of notice, if you will, that you need a spot. Yes, because now we're doing um, we're doing pre-booking um, 24 hours in advance now. So you have to have, we have to have a call into the booking office 24 hours in advance. That's correct. We never had that before. Now we it's mandatory to do 24-hour bookings. Wow. And again, obviously, if people don't already know, um, the Northern Health Connections buses are fully outfitted to be able to handle almost any type of medical equipment like wheelchairs and stuff like that, correct? That's correct. Yes, all of our buses are wheelchair accessible. They also have wheelchair accessible washrooms. That That's right. Mm-hmm. So who is eligible then? Like we've established you have to have – you have to – call in 24 hours ahead of time you were saying seniors are now eligible again just any senior i guess do they have to follow that same rule though they have to call in and book the seat yes they do they senior 60 plus Mm -hmm. um they do not need an appointment verification however they do need to book 24 hours in advance to be on the bus yes okay so just about anybody else though needs to have a verification that they do have a physician's appointment at the spot that the bus is going to that's correct. Yes. And now, is there is there um, room being made on the buses for people who need to have somebody traveling with them, whether it is a family member or somebody just there for support? Or yes, that's we do have space for medically necessary companions. Okay. They will also need to have verification from the physician that they are required, but we absolutely have space for them as well. Okay. Now, you were saying they're back to the full capacity. I'm thinking they may not always be at full capacity, though, A, because there might not be enough people, but the other thing I'm thinking of is you were saying there's partitions between the seats. If somebody's traveling on their own, I'm guessing you probably would try not to put somebody in the seat next to them if you could, though. That's correct, yes. So, yeah. And that's why we're doing the 24-hour booking, so we can pre-book the seats and know exactly what's on the manifest, so we can do the appropriate seating. Okay, and then the bus driver has that. As people start to show up, he can sort of direct them as to exactly where they're supposed to be seated. Exactly. And now, when people are doing their booking ahead of time, if they have something either that they need or that they prefer. Like I know I used to ride the bus a fair bit when there was a Greyhound bus that came between Camelot and Prince George. And a lot of times I would try to book a seat right up near the front. Is there that provision or is it basically just you take what you get? No, you can request a seating if it's available. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you can request to be up in the front or in the back. Some people prefer to be in the back, but no, absolutely. We only... We're only keeping one seat empty behind each driver, and that's just precautionary measures. Yeah. And now, so what are, where does Northern Health Connections cover then? Uh, where are routes? Yeah, like because a lot of times you know, people think of Northern Health and they're saying, okay, so that's basically Williams Lake up to the Yukon border and from the coast to the Alberta border. But obviously, well, you guys so- cover more than that. We go as far as Prince Rupert, mm-hmm. and we go as, and then we go, we travel down to Vancouver. That's actually probably one of our busiest routes mm-hmm. is the Prince George to Vancouver route, um, and we do the Valmont uh, corridor, McBride, 
and all the way up to uh, Fort Nelson. Wow! It's a yes. We have we have twelve buses, full size buses, and um, four minis. Okay. Now, do you know? Are there any other of the regional health authorities in BC that have this sort of a system in place? Um, Interior Health does have a service that um, travels from into the smaller communities, mm-hmm. so Logan Lake area, Chase, mm-hmm. um, but nothing as vast or as large as Northern Health Connections. Okay. Um, Fiona, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk to you some more about Northern Health Connections after nine. Thanks, Don. United Way of Northern BC's next fundraising barbecue of the season is this week. Stop by KMS Tools and Equipment at First and Queensway between 9.30 and 4, Thursday, Friday and Saturday to get a Smokey and Pop by donation. Funds raised help United Way support local social service programming. It's Smokey to the rescue in support of local not-for-profit agencies from United Way of Northern BC, 9.30 to 4, Thursday, Friday and Saturday at KMS Tools and Equipment, First and Queensway. Support PG is celebrating its first anniversary by giving you a chance to win. Download and print the Summer Vacation Passport from supportpg.ca, then shop locally through September 28th to collect stickers. You could win one of three staycation packages from Tourism Prince George. Follow Support PG on Facebook and Instagram, or visit supportpg.ca to stay up to date. Get shopping today to increase your chances. The Support PG Passport for your summer vacation, on through September 28th from Support PG. The Prince George Community Foundation has moved. Now located at 1584 7th Avenue, the new facility offers the foundation the opportunity to expand and better serve loyal donors, grant applicants, and valued community partners. Their phone number and email addresses have remained the same, as have the website and social media accounts. But their office is now located at 1584 7th Avenue. The Prince George Community Foundation, celebrating 25 years, all for our community. City crews have finished construction of a new crosswalk on Tyner Boulevard at the intersection with Baker and Gannett Roads. The new crosswalk has a rectangular rapid flashing beacon design. This means in addition to standard crosswalk paving markings and signage, pedestrians are able to activate flashing lights to alert motorists of their presence. Motorists are reminded to watch for pedestrians utilizing the new marked crossing. More information on the new Tyner Boulevard crosswalk is available through the Roads and Transportation link under City Services at PrinceGeorge.ca. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Fiona, you're saying Northern Health Connections, probably the greatest number of riders on it are ones heading from this area down to Vancouver. Are there any other areas that people tend to make the trips to? Typically, uh, another uh, another uh, heavy route is the Prince Rupert to Prince George, and that's that's because it, there's just services that they don't have yeah. in the northwest that they're coming into the interior, or or Prince George doesn't have um, the services where they need to travel down to Vancouver for. So now, with stuff like that, with the Prince Rupert to Prince George route. Um, does Northern Health try to set the routes up so that the person coming from Prince Rupert to Prince George, if they need to go down to Vancouver, or if they're doing it all in one row, they don't have to wait in Prince George a long time? Overnight. Okay. Typically, the longer routes, if you're coming from Fort Nelson to Prince George going to Vancouver, no. it's it's typically an overnight uh, trip on, on, um, on each end. Yeah. yeah. 
and then you just have to but you can book like if you're out in Prince Rupert and you need to go down to Vancouver for uh, an appointment you can book sort of both legs of a journey at the same time that's correct yes okay yes so you can get your Prince Rupert to Prince George one no trouble and then you don't have to worry about oh my goodness we're getting in late in the evening I've got to get on the bus first thing tomorrow morning it's already handled that's right yeah it's a two leg trip that's correct now I'm trying to remember is there any cost to the user for the Northern Hills Connections yes there is mm-hmm. uh, the the trip from Prince George to Vancouver is $20 okay and for shorter routes it's $10 mm-hmm. so so if you're going from Prince George to Quinnell or you're going to um, the longer routes are the are the more expensive yeah which makes sense but, uh, exactly and now that $20 that includes shall we say everybody on the bus right that's right yeah it's yes. for the driver same cost exactly yeah. yeah yeah you don't make the driver pay for his seat right no. <laughs> no, no, we don't. <laughs> so the drivers, are they, is the impression you're getting that they're kind of happy that things are picking up again because it means that they're busier? That's right. Yes, they are. Um, they, and they like to see the buses mm-hmm. busier. They like to see more people on the bus. Yeah. But um, they're certainly happy that we've we've opened up and that we can have more eligibility on the bus but oh they're certainly we i mean our drivers i can't say enough about them they're just absolutely wonderful and now when you when you're making the runs to vancouver are there stops along the way for people to get out if possible and stretch their legs or anything like that yes we do do that i mean typically on a trip from prince george to vancouver We'll stop in Williams Lake at the Tim Hortons. Um, we'll then we'll do a lunch break in, in Cash Creek, and and all these stops are equipped with restaurants, um, washrooms, and then we'll do another stop in Hope. There's typically four stops from Prince George to um, Vancouver. And now, when that, and just so people are clear as well, the Vancouver to Prince George route. That's not just a straight run, is it? Like, if you have people in Williams Lake who need to get to Vancouver and you've got room on that bus, you'll be picking them up when you get to Williams Lake. That's correct, yes. I mean, we make, we stop in every community from Prince George to Vancouver. I mean, it's Hickson, it's Williams Lake, it's Black Lahash. I mean, all these small communities. If you need to be picked up, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you're part of Interior Health, Laser Health, um, and you need to get on this bus and it's on our route, we will. We, you are eligible to be on this bus. So somebody who is, say, in the Interior Health region, I'm just trying to figure this out now, would Cash Creek be Interior Health or is it Northern? That, no, Northern goes as far as Quinnell, okay. and then Interior oh. it starts in Williams Lake. Okay. So anybody in Williams Lake, would they call Interior Health to do the booking or would they call Northern Health? They call our Northern Health calls. They call the... Uh, the Northern Health Connections Call Center. Okay. The odds are, though, if it's their first time, they're probably going to call somebody at Interior Health and then be told to give Northern Health a call because you guys are the ones who run everything. That's correct. I think they would probably contact their patient transfer office, mm. and, and they would put them in contact with us. Yeah. Do you? Are there a fair number of people who you pick up out of region, shall we say? Yes, there is. Definitely, yes. Okay. And now... Do any of the routes go to Campbell's or Kelowna? 
Now, we do have a route that goes to Kamloops, but that route is from, it, it goes from Valmont to Kamloops and back. They'll oh. do it in one, it's a day trip. Um, okay. Just some people have a preference because it's such close proximity between Valmont to Prince George, Valmont to Kamloops. Yeah. So we do have a bus that goes twice a week from Valmont McBride area to Kamloops. But nothing, um, we take the Fraser Canyon route from mm-hmm. Cache Creek, so it yeah. doesn't go through Kamloops or Kelowna. Okay, so if you're out in the, so if you're somebody in Prince George, and for whatever reason you have an appointment in Kamloops or Kelowna, how do you go about doing that? You would, honestly, you would probably have to, we could take you as far as Cash Creek, Mm. and then I think you would probably have to um, sort the piece between Kamloops and, or uh, Cash Creek and Kamloops. However, it's definitely something that we're looking at because the demand Mm. for the services and being rerouted to Kelowna and Kamloops is very high. So it's definitely something we will be looking at this year. Now, I'm wondering, looking at it the other way, would I be able to get on the bus in Prince George, go to Valmount, and then catch the bus from Valmount down to Kamloops? You could. However, it's it's not an ideal route because there's a situation where you would have to spend at least two nights uh, in Valmont to go to the Kamloops yeah. because it's more situated for the individuals that live in Valmont or McBride. Okay. So you're still probably better ahead trying to work something out with your doctor or the doctor's office or whatever in Kamloops or Kelowna as to how you're going to get from Cash Creek to them. Correct. Okay. Now, Fiona, what is... I'm going to take a wild guess and say you guys probably have a website. We do. It's nhconnections.ca. Okay, nice. And, and it so- has all the information on all our routes, all our schedules, um, who's eligible for the service. Now, are you looking, I think you said earlier, I just want to make sure I got this, you are looking at possibly expanding the routes. You're saying maybe go get one from Prince George to Kamloops. Are there any other areas that you're looking at? That's that's on our forefront is the the interior, working with interior health to do the Kamloops-Kelowna route. But there's not, it's driven by demand, and that seems to be, where the referrals are going is Kamloops and Kelowna, so that's definitely what will be on our forefront. So you're not getting a lot of people, because you were saying, I guess you covered everywhere in the north already, so you're not getting too many concerns from people saying, well, we don't have the service coming to our community. Not as much, no. no. Okay. Fiona McPherson, Northern Health Connections, thank you very much for coming on and bringing us up to date on what's happening, because it's been an interesting year and a half. It certainly has. Thank you, Alan. Okay. Take another quick break and be back with more after 9. Minds in Motion is a weekly program provided online for people experiencing early symptoms of dementia and their care partners. Each session has a 30-minute fitness video followed by 45 minutes of social time. Sessions are offered Tuesday through Thursday from 10 to 1130, as well as Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 1 to 2.30. For more information or to register, call the First Link Dementia Helpline at 1-800-936-6033 or email info.helpline at alzheimerbc.org. 
Due to the increasing fire risk from the ongoing heat wave, the city of Prince George has banned the use of all fireworks as well as on all open burning in Prince George. Propane and natural gas fire pits are allowed, but wood burning fire pits are not. The province of BC also has a province-wide campfire ban. Once again, that's a ban on the use of all fireworks and open burning in Prince George, although propane and natural gas fire pits are allowed. The ban will remain in place until further notice. Extreme heat is especially dangerous for infants and young children. Tune in regularly to local weather forecasts so you know when to take extra care. Stay alert for symptoms of heat illness. Keep your child hydrated with plenty of cool liquids to drink before they feel thirsty. Keep your home as cool as possible and plan outdoor activities during cooler parts of the day. More information on how to keep your children safe during extreme heat is available at the Health Canada website through Canada.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud with local smoke this morning. A 30% chance of showers this afternoon with the risk of a thunderstorm. A high of 30 with a very high UV index. Tonight, clearing with local smoke. A wind from the northwest at 20 becoming southwest overnight, a low of 11. For Wednesday, mainly sunny with local smoke. A southwest winds continue. A high of 27 with a very high UV index. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. Well, when last we spoke with Kaylee Vandermeer from Books and Company, we were talking about books that people might want to take as part of their summer reading. And Kaylee, since then, just I guess in the last couple of weeks really, um, there's been a number of local authors who have said, hey, I've got a book you might want to take along in your summer reading. You guys have been busy. Yeah, we've had quite a few come in in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so what... What have you got that people would be interested in? I mean, I, I know I was in there yesterday, and you quick, you were running down a list, but I wasn't taking notes. <laughs> well, I've got a couple of local figures that have uh, put out new books, which mm-hmm. I am quite excited about. Um, the, the main two um, being Hillary Crowley has released Health mm-hmm. in the Himalayas, which mm-hmm. is uh, another look at her time uh, in Tibet and Bhutan and Ladakh. And uh, her uh, experiences there, yeah. um, and I think you've talked to her already about yes. uh, about that. So, yeah, so we're well, quite excited for that. Talking Hillary to her tomorrow. Always so well. Actually, we're talking to her tomorrow about that. Are you talking I to her had, tomorrow? Yeah, oh. I had talked to her about her first book, of course, but ah, tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll I'll not spoil too much, but I'm <laughs> sure Hillary's going to do a better yeah. job. Ex- uh, explaining it than I will, but uh, her books are incredible. She has had really, really, really awesome adventures and uh, and journeys in the Himalayas um, as a healthcare provider. Um, so uh, she's put out a memoir a couple years ago, and uh, and now she's just put out a second one to follow up on um, on that. Mm-hmm. And we have her book. She just had a book launch at Amanika. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be, I think, a really good read for folks that enjoyed her first book. Yeah, and for anybody who's just interested in that area as well, because it's not a travel guide as such. Obviously, no. she's spending a lot of time talking about the work that she's doing over there. But you get a fairly good feel for the country. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. it's so neat to read about other people's experiences, um, especially through a work lens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and then following up after that, uh, Clarence Boudreau um, mm-hmm. has released a, uh, a memoir mm-hmm. um, called I Hear the Mountain Calling. We're currently sold out, but we've got a bunch more coming in, and it's just a bunch of uh, short stories. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but uh, I'm sure that uh, most folks in Prince George, in any kind of literary circles, have heard the name Boudreaux floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be able to take a flip through it and uh, and see some stories from Clarence's life um, about some of the adventures that he's been on. <laughs> So it is, just to clear up, because you say it's sort of like a collection of short stories, but it's non-fiction. They are just little short short stories from his life. These are stories about Clarence's life. Okay. Um, And uh, he has lived Mm -hmm. quite a wide variety of... uh, of lives in northern BC, around Penny BC and PG, and uh, and kind of a lot of the stereotypical jobs that you'd think of when you think of Prince George and Penny of ranching and snow plowing <laughs> and firefighting and salmon hatcheries and forest wardens and like all these different stories that really um, sum up a lot of life in northern BC. Yeah. Now I'm a, I'm going to take a wild guess and say he was really upset when you called him and said. Clarence, we need you to bring down some more books. Super upset. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, yes. yeah. No. Yeah. And that's that's got to be a nice call for you or somebody else on the staff to be able to make is to a local author to say, hey, we need more copies. Yeah. Yeah, it always feels good. We always start so small because we have to mm-hmm. kind of gauge what demand is going to look like. And, you know, we can make predictions and, and alter our starting order with that. But uh, to see something sell out super quick is always a fun thing to be like, okay, so now we're going to renegotiate, figure out what our new number is going to be. But, uh, yeah, so yeah, so we're supposed to have, um, gosh, 10-plus more of those coming in sometime in the next little bit. So, yeah. And, and the thing is, short stories, like I Hear the Mountain Calling by Clarence Boudreaux, as you were saying, that makes for a nice summer read as well because – you're not sitting down with a 500-page book and saying, "Oh my goodness!" Exactly. You're saying, yeah. "Read a couple of short stories. Read a couple of stories. Put the book away for the evening or whatever. Go out and mm-hmm. do something else." Yeah. Absolutely. It's easy to flip through. You can, you know, find the the one that you're kind of feeling for that moment. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to bet there's going to be uh, some other recognizable names mentioned mm-hmm. throughout. Mm-hmm. People might recognize the folks that he's uh, talking about in the stories. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun read for a lot of folks in Prince George. Now, you mentioned another new book yesterday when I was in. Something about mind bombs? Yeah. <laughs> I, I that worries a, me I a little bit. Out. That worries me a little bit. No, this one's really cool. It's um, uh, an artist. Reach, she reached out. I think she's from. Uh, I want the Lower Mainland, but I can't. I can't. Mm. Couldn't yeah. tell you a specific place. Her name is Megan uh, Lewick, mm-hmm. and um, she put together this incredible collection of um, paintings, and she's done kind of artsy portraits of all these uh, well-known folks and what they've been doing for the environment. Um, So it's this beautiful full-color art book that has um, kind of her take on on eco-heroes. It's called Mm. Mind Bombs by Mm -hmm. Eco-Heroes. But what really, really sold me on it is just the artwork in it is so gorgeous. And... uh, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful book for um, folks to flip through and just like all the little colorful bits of art inside it are so lovely. So is it more of what they call a coffee table book in terms of the size of the book itself? 
I would say so. Yeah, okay. it's it's not it's it's a small book. It's not mm-hmm. your standard gigantic coffee table book. No. But in terms of what you're reading through it and stuff, this is definitely something to to flip through. You know, find a page or mm-hmm. you know a face that you recognize, and uh, and do just a little bit of reading. Um, but uh, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous, and I think I mean Megan probably would kill me, but like <laughs> the artwork in it is so gorgeous that like mm-hmm. you could probably get a lot of um, a lot of things. Like some of the, the paintings in here, you could absolutely frame. They're just well, gorgeous. But that would mean having to take them out of the book. I know, I know. Don't tell her I said so. No, but they're just so pretty. Because there's probably stuff on the back of the painting there is. as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Now the. The um, the words that go with the paintings, are they by Megan or are they the people who she's doing the paintings of speaking in their own words? Uh, the majority of them are by Megan. Okay. Um, they're summaries or um, things taken from articles or poems um, that the person has written that she's kind of taken and put into the book. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, there's a wide array. I think there's some links that are mentioned in there. So if you wanted to go and look a little bit more about what this person is doing, um, there's a lot of sources and links to news articles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a really, really neat um, compilation mm-hmm. of information and um, personal aspiration. Um, yeah, it, it was really cool. Okay. Okay, we're going to have to go to a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get down and dirty talking about another new book you've got coming after nine. The government of B.C. has expanded its Launch Online Grant Program. The program will now provide up to $75,000 to help businesses build or expand an e-commerce site. Businesses in the hard-hit tourism sector and the service industry can now access the grant to build or improve their online booking systems. Small and medium-sized businesses can apply online and review eligibility criteria at launchonline.ca. The Launch Online Grant Program. Application deadline is September 30th or until funds have been fully subscribed so don't delay. Vantage Point has created a resource guide for BC nonprofit organizations. The guide includes a list of workshops, podcasts, blog posts, ready-to-use documents, and more. These resources will provide nonprofits with tools and tactics to immediately lift their organization's capacity. Once again, Vantage Point has created a resource guide to support BC non-for-profit organizations in building capacity. To find this guide and other resources, visit thevantagepoint.ca and click on Downloadable Resources under Media. The Prince George Council of Seniors is looking for good news. If you have a good news story you'd like to share with other seniors, email it to info.pgcos at gmail.com with good news story in the subject line. Selected stories will be published in an upcoming edition of the Senior Times newsletter. They're also accepting recipe submissions. If you're not currently receiving the Senior Times, contact the Council of Seniors by emailing info.pgcos at gmail.com to get your copy today. Not-for-profit financial management is not always fully understood or appreciated. On July 29th, the Vantage Point's Board Fundamentals Financial Governance will explore financial management tools and financial management strategies for your organization. By the end of this half-day session, you'll have a clear understanding of proper financial management and the different organizational roles and responsibilities. For registration and more information, visit thevantagepoint.ca. Board Fundamentals, Financial Governance, July 29th from 1 to 4 through thevantagepoint.ca. Featuring the people who make things happen in Prince George, you're listening to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. 
So, Kaylee, I got a little bit of a look from Steve running the soundboard when I said we were going to get down and dirty in this segment. But you guys have got a book coming up that you figure is probably going to be pretty popular. Yeah, so I uh, I don't know how familiar you are with Plants of Northern British, British Columbia, the mm-hmm. book, Alan. Uh, not overly, because I'm not a gardener or anything like that. I don't get out in the outdoors very much, because the outdoors, it, there's no air conditioning. I don't even. I don't even have a comeback for that one, dude. <laughs> okay, well, let me fill you in. Yes. <laughs> um, so, plants in northern British Columbia uh, was the go-to guide for plant identification um, and uses in our area. It was used as a university text for a lot of wow. the courses at UNBC. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the go-to. And it was out of print for eight years, something like seven or eight years. And uh, it took a long time for uh, for courses to stop requiring it and um, for kind of a lot of folks just to realize that it was out of print. And so the demand shot up. So we would get a copy every now or then come in, and it would go for $50 plus. But then if you go look online, they're going for like $200 plus. It was insane. And we had a wait list of usually more than 15 names at any given time of people that were waiting to get their hands on a copy. And that's going back more than five years, our wait list. So um, we... We're in a very fortunate position, and uh, our noble leader, Owen, was able to flex a little bit, and we asked the publisher if we order a 1,000 copies, would that be enough for them to print more? <laughs> and they said yes. So a little bit of a flex that we were able to do that and pull that off and get this book put back into circulation, but also a plea to Prince George and everywhere else in, Brit- mm-hmm. in British Columbia, please come buy books from us, because we have a 1,000 of them, or we will have a thousand of them shortly. <laughs> so now, is the is the book itself? Is it like a revised edition anyway, or is it still the same Plants of Northern BC that people knew about before? I believe it's going to be a revised edition, mm-hmm. but I can't quote too much. We are getting uh, information, and we just got kind of an ETA that we should see them in late July or early August. Mm-hmm. So I'll know for sure once I actually have a copy in my mm-hmm. hand. Um, I know it's. 350 plus pages. There's more than 500 different species um, mentioned in it. There's all full color photography throughout. Um, it's a good, like, hardy book. It's not going to rip if you throw it in your backpack or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I'm correct, it will be um, updated. I just can't speak to really how much. No. Um, but I am really excited to have it back in circulation, and you better believe I've got my name down for one. <laughs> um, but our uh, pre-order list is, I think, more than 50 names at the moment, um, and I think there is going to be quite a flurry of activity once we get those in. So if folks are interested in putting their name down for one of those books, you should definitely give us a call and give us your name and phone number, because that's going to ensure that we save you a copy and that we uh, call you when it comes in. Wow. Yeah. So then the day it comes in... You guys are going to be busy on the phones then as well. Oh, my gosh. We're going to have so many calls to make. <laughs> so you're going to have five people on the phones, three people on the front counter just ringing through books of northern British Columbia, plants of northern British B.C., and you're going to be telling anybody else who's trying to buy another book, no, can you come back tomorrow? We don't have time for today. <laughs> this is just a one-book kind of day. Yeah. 
Now, because the reason I was asking about um, whether it was going to be revised was I was thinking there's probably plants in northern BC now that you wouldn't have seen 10, 15, 50 years ago because of climate change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I believe it was updated. Um, there was like a an edition that came out uh before the printing that went out of print, like they printed off, you know, their run, um, and then it went out of print. But it was uh, pretty up-to-date before it went mm. out of print, if I remember correctly. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, so I, I think even even if it weren't updated, it would still be incredibly valuable. But I do think that they have put a lot of work into uh, making sure that everything in there is accurate and uh, and revised. Now, you were saying color illustrations, but I'm thinking they're illustrations of plants, probably not overly large, so you don't probably have to think about coming back to the book and finding that somebody took out one of the color pictures to use as a painting on their wall. No, I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, we've got lots, and it's going to be, I should. I said illustrations, but I lie, it's, it's going to be mostly photography, mm, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's... They're wonderful resources. They're awesome. I think every home in Prince George, every home in BC actually should have one of these, whether or not it's your area. And, of course, as a person who works at a bookstore, you've got absolutely no interest in seeing every home in Prince George buy a copy. Completely unbiased. Yes. Yeah. So you've got that one coming out, you're saying, end of July into August is what they're planning on. Are there any other books coming down the line that you're aware of, whether by local authors or, again, we've talked in the past, are there any books that by authors who have been popular who you know have got another book coming out? Um, we did have a new... Uh, well, we've always got our bestsellers on the, uh, at the front there, right. and, and those get... They change around so often... Um, mm-hmm that it's always worth coming in and taking a look. The braiding sweetgrass has been number one for months, Mm -hmm. if not a a year by now. Um, But uh, we try to keep everything up to date on our web store as much as possible, and we have been uh, working to try to mark all the local books as such so that we can at least maintain um, a good representation of that on our website. If folks want to check out local offerings, they can mm-hmm. go to our website and, and see the local lists. Mm-hmm. Um, so best bets are to stay on there because we try to keep that updated as much as we can. Um, but I'm just going to have to keep you on the hook for mm-hmm. future local releases. I've got a couple, um, my hometown in Rupert, uh, there's a couple folks that have been putting out really neat children's books. Um, to do with the skeena and uh, traditional fishing techniques and stuff. I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I can get my hands on one or two, one or, two of those uh, when it comes out, but uh, that's still in the works. Now, Kaylee, you mentioned the web store and the website. Why don't you give us the web address? <laughs> so you can find the Books and Company website at booksandcompany.ca. We have, um, you can browse everything that we have in store on our website. Well, like 99% of mm-hmm. our offerings are on the web store. We've got um, the whole staff. Every You can see every team member's um, favorite books, things they're excited about. And uh, we try to maintain a bunch of uh, lists of recommendations uh, to make things a little bit easier for folks while they're shopping. And, of course... One of my favorite days of the month is still a little ways away, isn't it? It is, yeah. We're uh, more middle of the month than usual this this month. So, again, the last Friday of the month, it's bargain books, three for the price of two. 
That's right. Why would I be interested in getting bargains? Hmm. Mm. But uh, no, Kaylee Vandermeer from Books and Company, thank you very much again for taking the time. And we'll talk to you probably closer to the end of August next time. (laughs) Sounds like a plan. Okay. Thanks very much, Kaylee. Thanks, Alan. Okay. So that'll about wrap up today's show. Um, I will be back on tomorrow. And if everything goes according to plan... We're going to be talking about Hydro, the Himalayas, the Himalayas, and Hubble Homestead. After 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to Boomer Radio 93.1 CFISFM. Proudly sponsored by Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Civic Plaza.